What's the best way to train and eat to fix skinny fat? What are the best exercises for growing your glutes? What should you look for in a protein powder? The answer to these questions and more in this episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 207 of the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you, as always, for being here. We're back with another Q&A episode, and we're back with another sponsor. We've had some big sponsors on this podcast. Apple, Ikea, those come to mind as like, you know, pretty mega companies. This might be the biggest. Okay. And it's not even a company. It's a whole category of beverage. <laughs> We're sponsored by beer. <laughs> in, a, in a beer? If you're watching the video version of this on the YouTubes, you'll see that we each have our own non-alcoholic beer here in front of us. Because it's 6 p.m. 6 p.m. We're working late tonight, and we want to keep our focus. <laughs> and we're on the tail end of dry January also. But non-alcoholic beer is an amazing option no matter what time of year you're in. You really don't even like beer. So why are you drinking that <laughs> Heineken 0.0? Do you like it? I do like beer. You do like, yeah. I mean, most beer you're like, well, you, I mean, I remember last time you drank a regular beer. You're more of a wine drinker if you're going to yeah. have a drink. Alcoholic beer makes me feel super bloated and I just don't feel good the next morning. So I, but I feel, you know, I was like, I didn't feel that way with wine. Yeah. But this, these do not. So you like the uh, the Heineken? I like Zero. the flavor of beer. I didn't like the feeling of yeah. beer. So that's that's good. most people yeah. would also probably agree with that, but they just power through and slam a bunch of beers anyway. <laughs> and feel bloated and gross the next day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, same Last with like night pizza. we went out uh, with his dad and his sister, and I had a Carbach. That's I think is that a Texas brand? Yeah, okay. they got bought by but Bud, they, Budweiser. Yeah, but. so they're everywhere. Carbach free and light or something like that anyway another na beer delicious probably my favorite one and then the, this heineken is very good too yeah so how would you say you have felt overall with uh, without drinking alcohol and like what are your thoughts you know on that? the other thing is i've also uh stopped drinking coffee i mean i drink decaf coffee so this has been like a two-peat like i've been decaf coffee in the morning na beers at night i feel fantastic <laughs> so are you gonna I, keep it up past January, I'll never go back. Never, no more, <laughs> no more alcohol or caffeine the rest of your life. I, I've been, I've been giving giving myself a little bit, like fifty milligrams of caf, of caffeine after the morning, but I don't need it to like get up like midday. Yeah, yeah. Just your your natural rhythm is mm -hmm. waking up in the morning. Plus yeah. the placebo effect of <clears throat> drinking a hot cup yeah. of decaf in the morning. Yeah, takes the place. We too. got a pralines flavored decaf right now that I'm working. I really like it. Yeah, you're hooked on that. <laughs> I'm drinking a Beck's non-alcoholic, and I tell you what. This is the first six pack of this I've bought, mm. and it is really, really good. I don't usually like. I think this is a this is a German beer. Mm -hmm. Like I don't usually love German beer. I, I don't like, taste it that one. More like wheat beers and things like that. But this is really, really good. 
Do they make a alcoholic beer or is this a, just an alcoholic brand? Yeah, no, this is a Bex. Bex is a big, I mean, okay. they've been around forever. I think they just got into the non-alcoholic game, but you know, people like, I, I actually love to like put this kind of stuff on social media mm-hmm. just because it um, triggers people and you get all the haters coming out of the woodwork. Like, why would you drink a non-alcoholic beer? If you're just yeah. going to, if you're going to drink that, you might as well just drink, I'd rather drink nothing. Okay, go do, go do go you, drink but <laughs> go drink, drink nothing or drink a beer. I don't care. I don't care what you do mm-hmm. and you shouldn't care what I do, yeah. but these are a great option. Like if you're in a fat loss phase, they have about half the calories of a regular beer. Mm-hmm. Plus you avoid all the other negative side effects yeah. of drinking the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like, drinking NA beer. Right. There's, there's a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. I would say the last few times that we've been out and we've had a non-alcoholic beer out at a restaurant or whatever they think, it's kind of like the coffee in the morning. You, you know, there's this placebo effect uh-huh. of not like you're not like you're like, Oh, I feel like I'm getting a buzz <laughs> or something, but like, you still you, feel like you you're still feel like you're participating. Yes. No, like I don't think anybody outcast. around the table is like, Oh, that one's an NA beer. Right. Yeah. And if they do, who cares? Yeah. You do you. And the way they make these cans, first of all, you can't even, I would not know that if someone had this, I would never think that this was an NA, NA beer. Same thing with that Carbach. Yeah. They're bright and colorful. Any, all those athletic brewings. Yeah. Yeah. I think in 2023, it is going to be so much more widely accepted. I mean, even like there's a outdoor bar yeah. near us. That's like a go- good place to go and watch the sunset and it's all outdoor. Mm-hmm. And their, their thing is that they serve Texas craft beer on yeah. draft. That's it. But they have athletic brewing. Yeah. You can get also. Cause they know that there's a market. There's people that want to go hang out at these places that want a non-alcoholic option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, like I said, started to say earlier, it's not just about the calories and right. stuff. Number one, you're going to be less likely to make poor decisions with your nutrition after you have mm-hmm. a couple NA beers than if you had two alcoholic beers and you're going to, your training isn't going to be mm-hmm. impacted. You're not going to have a foggy head the next morning. So yep. If you've ever thought that O'Doul's was the only thing out there and that like, <laughs> you know, you would be stigmatized for drinking an O'Doul's, try to let that go and open yeah. your mind up to the benefits of drinking some mm-hmm. N.A. beers or not drinking at all. Back when we used to live in Idaho, we, we used to um, bring, this is kind of when we first got into these, we would bring Coors Edges, which are non-alcoholic Coors, up to the mountain with us so that we could have a beer on the ride down. I mean, it was like a 30 minute drive down the mountain, pretty treacherous a lot of switchbacks in the snow. It wasn't something that we wanted to be like drinking a beer as we're driving. Plus down drinking this. and driving yeah, is generally frowned it's upon. It's generally frowned upon. <laughs> and illegal. Um, <laughs> but having a, having a cold beer after skiing yeah. is always a nice thing to do. So either wait until you get down the mountain or crack it in a beer yeah. on the way down. Yep. All right. Well, we just gave like <laughs> 10 minutes a promotion to any right. beer. This is a, this is a, um, this is a actually, you know what? Yeah. I think we have another sponsor for this episode. Oh, they, this is a, okay. So anybody watching the video version of this also will notice that like all of a sudden I have long hair. <laughs> you almost made me spit out my beer. <laughs> I've been hiding long hair under a hat for like two months now, but we, I had uh, long hair when we met. Yeah. This um, is why I, we're together. Because I wooed had you, long hair. I wooed you with long hair and I'm trying to keep you with long hair. But, um, I think people listening to this are going to be like, they're not drinking any beers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, my eyes are burning for some reason. Um, what's in this thing? But, um, the other sp- sponsor for this is some of you mentioned earlier today, Grecian formula oh, God. out of the blue. She just, she looked over at me today with my long hair. <laughs> 
She goes, I think you need some Grecian formula. <laughs> I think that's an inside joke that my grandpa used to like use it or something like that. Anybody who's our age probably knows what Grecian I don't, formula is. I don't even is. know what it is. I just remember my grandpa talking about it. It's something you buy in a box and you scrub <laughs> into your hair that takes the gray away. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think she was commenting that I have a lot of gray hair no. now. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just shave my head again. Let me just break, tell everybody what we're going for here is for him to be able to do like the man bun with a short fade underneath. I'm very excited under, about this. My barber says called I, I kind of came up with this concept. I was like, this is what, this would look great on your hair because he does get like gray on the sides, like right above the ears and everything like that. But the top of his hair is just like wild. Great. It's gorgeous. And like curly, it does its own thing. And like people need to see this hair. So I was like, to solve this problem of like not letting the sides be too gray, we could do like the undercut anyway. Today, I saw, this is the second guy I've seen with this haircut that I, like, where I'm picturing for you. Okay. Did so you stop him and I didn't get a stop him, or? but he had exactly, it was at HEB just now. He had the shaved sides and he had it right, right here, tied back. Am I on the way? Oh, I know the guy you're talking about. I don't know him. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, he's not one of the guys who brings the groceries out? No, no. He was oh, okay. going in. <clears throat> Maybe okay. he works there. All right. But, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what the point of that was, but. That's why I have long hair now. I'm, I, sat, when I, I did uh, I did uh, nutrition check-in videos for clients today, and I think it's the first time I've done it with my hat off. Oh. And, and they're, they're probably like, whoa. Whoa, he's got long this hair. Guy? You, you kind of look like this in 2020 when we lived in Boise, though. Yeah. And it was not because you were trying to grow your hair yeah. out. Just trying to avoid getting COVID in a barbershop. <laughs> All right. All right. We got a Q&A. Yeah, we do. And actually, you haven't read any of these questions yet. I don't yet, know so the Q, so this is going to be fun. All we'll right, first one. How important is doing a cool down after my workout? Okay. So what is a cool down? It's a yeah. time after you finish your workout where you either do something like some static stretching, something to bring your heart rate mm -hmm. down, um, something like ride a bike, use a rower, something like that. L let me give my input on this. You, you well, I want to explain what it is first. <laughs> so now we know what a cool down is. Okay. What, what's your opinion? Oh yeah. Cause it? I think a lot of people just say cool down, but they don't. Maybe they don't know like what right. they mean by cool down. Okay. When I owned the gym, I did not do a lot of like after, um, there was not a lot of cool downs. There was not a lot of after workout stretching because if you have an hour time that you're going to be in the gym and this can apply if you're going to an in-person gym or you just have an hour to get your workout in, I would rather you be spending that hour working on your strength, working on your accessories, working on your conditioning, not spending 15 minutes cooling down afterwards. I think that's something that can be done anytime. Um, my other piece of this is if you have a pretty short, and I did this actually today, um, I'm having to modify a lot of stuff. I have a little tweak in my neck or shoulder. I'm not even sure what's going on, but anyway, having to modify tons of stuff. I did an 18 minute AMRAP and then I looked down at my watch and I ran around the driveway like a jog to finish out 30 minutes. That was like a kind of like a cool down slash keep my heart rate ele elevated for 30 minutes. So I see the benefit in something like that. If you're doing a fairly short workout and you mm -hmm. want to like, you know, add something to it, look down at your watch, finish out to 20, finish out to 30, whatever it is you're going for right there. Um, as far as like a general cool down, uh, you're not going to see a ton of them coming from my programming because of that. I don't want you to spend time in the in, I don't want you to take away time that you're going to be working on something cooling down. Yep. But I, if there's parts of, if you, if you have an injury, if you have something that's going on and you need to be purposefully stretching a certain body part, mm -hmm. that's yeah, I'm all for that. I totally agree. I think like one of the, one of the reasons this gets kind of 
thought about a lot is we watch sports on TV or we watch the CrossFit games or something. And we see those athletes finish an event or even like football players, you know, that are on, that mm-hmm. are off on offense, but they're while the defense is on the field, they're like riding a bike slowly or something Jumping like the that. Bo- yeah. There, so the point there most likely, especially if you see them on the football field, they are in the game, they're coming off. They're trying to keep their heart rate up. They're trying to keep it like an elevated to a certain point. They're right. not, they're trying not to cool down completely. Right. Um, same thing in the CrossFit games. If you're watching them and they like dive their head into an ice bath or something, and then they get on these bikes and they're, they're, they're trying to like not completely cool down and keep their muscles warm because they're going to have to be out there doing something else. Yeah. Or they're trying to recover between events because yeah. they're going to have to hit it again. So they're the idea is that they're introducing some kind of quick recovery that will make them more ready for the next thing. But right. For the general population, the people that we train and ourselves, we don't have time for cool downs mm-hmm. and any benefit you get during that time could be better spent doing. Unless you just enjoy like after, I mean, I will say like, I, I don't like to finish your workout. I make a, jo- a joke on Jonathan cause we work, we work out a lot right before lunch and I'll, have finished a workout and most of the time I'm doing like a something like my strength and then I finish with a conditioning and he's been doing just strength and I'll be like breathing heavy. My heart rate's high and he'll be like inside cutting chicken. <laughs> Let's go eat some lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to quote, cool down. Like I need like 20 minutes to let my heart rate cool down. Let my body cool down. I'll walk around the driveway. Or start, I will or do that. But that's just like, or something. yeah, that's just something I'm going to do on my own. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. If I don't have much of an appetite in the morning, should I eat anyway? I guess you can't really answer this question with, without asking some follow-up questions. Like, mm-hmm. what are your goals? Like, are you trying to build muscle? Are you having trouble eating enough calories to gain weight and gain muscle? Are you trying to lose fat? Do you train in the morning? Those are all questions that okay. would kind of influence the answer. But in general, like, there's nothing, there's nothing magic about eating in the morning. If you're not hungry, they've done studies on people where if they eat 30 to 50 grams of protein in the morning, their outcomes with fat loss are better. It suppresses appetite to the point where, uh, they're less likely to overeat later in the day. So that's one advantage of having a breakfast. There's an advantage as far as like spreading your protein intake throughout the day so that you're stimulating muscle protein synthesis more often. You can do that every three to five hours. If you have 30 ish grams of high quality protein beyond that, like if you're just somebody who's interested in general health, not trying to gain weight, not trying to lose weight, it's whatever fits your lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. if you have a specific goal that I would say, uh, you need to, you know, try to spread your, your nutrients out across the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if they're, you know, I guess this person didn't ask this, but mm-hmm. there's nothing magic as far as fat loss goes either about, you know, eating first thing when you wake up, like yeah, yeah. either eating or not eating mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. Like a lot of people think like, well, if I, if I don't eat for the first part of the morning, my body is going to preferentially burn fat mm-hmm. for energy. Cause I'm not putting in any food <clears throat> to cause ins- insulin mm-hmm. to go up. And that's true. But studies have also shown that if you, if you suppress calories early in the morning to burn fat for energy, your body will make up for it later in the day when you eat and switch over to burning even more carbs. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because in the grand scheme of things, whether you're trying to gain weight or lose weight, it's the total across the entire day. Mm -hmm. And even more important than that, across the entire week. (coughs) Sorry. Beer got you. Beer got you good. (laughs) That matters for whether you're going to gain or lose. So 
The last thing I'll say is if you train in the morning, and especially if you lift weights, you're probably going to see higher performance if you do train with some calories mm -hmm. in your body. I'm not saying you have to have a full meal, but if 30 minutes to an hour before you train, you can get 25 to 50 grams of carbs in your body, mm -hmm. at least even if it's in liquid form or a protein shake uh, with 25-ish grams of protein, you're going to see an increase in in muscle building over time and in energy mm -hmm. over time. I will, this one does make me think of a question that came in a few podcasts ago about like getting in the, getting in your calories if, yeah. so, if you had like busy jobs. So I would say like if, if you're in a situation where like you don't, you're not that hungry in the morning, but your day is super busy and you're going to like either not be able to like get food until like mm -hmm. two or 3 PM or it's going to make you like, Oh, I'm so hungry right now. I'm just going to grab anything I see. Yeah. Then I would say, yes, you should probably eat something in the morning. That's a great point. All right. Mic drop. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> what should I look for in a protein powder? Uh, the cheapest one you can find. No. no. <laughs> um, no. All right. So let's talk real quick about whey protein for our friends who tolerate dairy products. Mm -hmm. First of all, you want to look, the point of a protein powder is that it's a protein supplement. You're trying to get more protein in so that you hit your daily total. That's the point of it. And for convenience. So you want almost all of the calories from the supplement to actually come from protein. So you're not tagging along a bunch of calories from carbohydrates and fat. Cause a lot of the old school protein shakes, uh, were made just with whey protein concentrate, which has a higher fat content. And there's still some cheaper ones out there that are like that. So you might be getting like 20 to 25 grams of protein in there, but you're also getting just as many calories from fat. So the whole thing ends up being like a replacement for a meal. You've like made a meal supplement instead of a protein supplement. So look at the nutrition facts on the bag. Look at the grams of protein, multiply it times four. <clears throat> Cause that's how many calories are in a gram of protein. And that should be pretty darn close to how many calories are in the serving. The, the muscle milk, 100% way that I've been using lately and have for like two years, probably, I think it's 25 grams of protein and 120 or 130 calories. So take that 25, multiply it times four, that's a hundred calories coming from protein. So almost all of them, hmm. you're going to get a little bit of trace amounts of, um, and the, and the one I use is a, is a isolate wet, uh, concentrate mm -hmm. blend. That's why there's some, uh, calories from carbohydrates and fat. If you get a pure isolate, there's some of those that are like almost a hundred percent protein, but that's not necessary. Just look, look for the, um, doing that math, make sure that most of the calories are coming from protein. And the other thing to look for is the total BCAA content that just stands for the branch chain amino acids. Those are the three amino acids that are most responsible for, for muscle growth. And you want to get between three and a half and five grams of the BCAAs per serving. And almost any high quality whey protein is going to, to is going to meet that. And if they do meet it, it'll probably be on the label. Mm -hmm. If you can't find that information somewhere on the label, that's a red flag that maybe it's a low quality, not very bioavailable protein. So you actually just built out a page on our website yeah. called products that we trust. Mm -hmm. It's under the free content tab where we're linking like stuff that we trust and yeah. stuff that we use and stuff that are, we recommend yeah, to our, our clients. clients ask us a lot, like, where can I get this or that or this or that? And, and so it's now all nice right. and neat on this webpage and we'll keep adding to it. But the protein that you're mentioning is on there right, right now. 
And then if you're somebody who is a vegetarian or a vegan and you're looking for a protein powder, you still need the same thing as far as the amino mm -hmm. acid breakdown to trigger muscle growth, whether it comes from vegetables or it comes from meat. The thing with a veggie protein is it takes more of a vegetable to reach that threshold of the, the branch chain amino acids mm -hmm. than it does with meat. So most veggie proteins are going to have more calories just because the quantity of the vegetable you have to eat is more to get up to that threshold. So a veggie protein powder might have more like 180 to 200 calories, and you're always going to find that they have more carbohydrates than the whey protein okay. counterparts, because if you think about it, they're getting their uh, protein source usually from rice, from peas, mm -hmm. from soy, those kinds of things, okay. which are mainly sources of carbohydrate that have some protein in them. Yeah. So if you're looking for a veggie protein, look for the ones I just mentioned, mentioned rice, pea, and soy. Those are the top three. Okay. All right. Um, I was doing lunges this week and felt a weird, sharp pain in my knee. So I stopped. Was that the right thing to do? I would say, yes, that was the right thing to do in that moment. We don't, we don't want to like push into, he said, uh, or whoever said this, a weird, sharp pain in your knee. Um, if you have a coach, this is the perfect opportunity to send a video to your coach that they can like make sure that you're doing things right. Um, a couple of things I would think that could be going on or is some sort of twisting, um, and you know, that you didn't really realize you were doing, um, possibly stepping like with your feet too close together. So I always make sure that people have, you know, about a hip width stance in their, in their lunge. And when they lunge, like a lot of people tend to like go really narrow, which makes you wobbly, mm -hmm. which makes you want to like tilt over. And that puts a little strain on the knee. The other thing is I mostly like, uh, I, I mean, we go, we do, we do both kinds of lunges, but I prefer, Which, step, kind? I prefer step back to step forward, especially if you have any kind of knee pain, because it, when you do a step back lunge, you're, you're using your posterior chain to stand up. When you do a forward lunge, think about like pushing off that front foot, your knee is involved in that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the last piece I would say is if you're doing this on some sort of surface that's hard. Make sure you aren't, hmm. make sure you have a pad or, and then also make sure you aren't just like hammering that knee down to the, to the floor. The other, that just reminded me of one more thing that could be going on is not going all the way to the floor. You know, I think a lot of people want to do a lunge and they don't want to hit their knee, you know, hard on the floor. We do want to bring our knee all the way to the floor, but we want to guide it down with our muscles. The reason we don't want to stop it is because think about like, Think about yourself lunging and then having to like change direction without hitting the floor. What's going to make you change direction? What's going to have all that pressure? Your yeah. knee, mm -hmm. your knee is where all that pressure is going to be. Yeah. So a lot of times that's either twisting or not going full range is what will cause those little pains. Yeah. What did they say exactly? Weird, sharp pain. So I get, let me just like expand this out past the, the realm of lunging and let's just talk mm -hmm. about what should you do when you feel something when you're working out yeah. in general. I think they said they stopped. Was that the right thing right. to do? Yeah. In the moment, that's the right thing to do. Like Blakely said, you don't ever want to like push into pain and, yeah. and make things worse. But a lot of times with these little like sharp pains, especially it's something that isn't actually like a mechanical thing mm -hmm. wrong with the structure of your joint, your bone, your ligaments, anything like that. It could be a lot of different things and it would be ridiculous to say that we can diagnose it over a, yeah. a podcast. But I will say that if you keep your mindset in the right place, mm -hmm. and we've talked about this many, many times, like don't think that something's wrong. Don't catastrophize like, oh shoot, like what is that pain? Like, oh my gosh, this is probably going to be like, oh my, never going to be a lunge. Oh man, something's <laughs> probably broken in there. Put all that in your back pocket for a second. 
take if you're doing any kind of weight, take all the weight off mm -hmm. and just start to go through the range of motion. Yeah. Walk around a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's like that your your uh, kneecap was like not tracking in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Maybe you had a little air bubble in there yeah. that was causing some pain. Maybe something was just a little bit off. Walk around and then replicate the motion without any weight. Mm -hmm. And I would say like 80 plus percent of the time it kind of goes away yeah. and and then you can slowly load back mm -hmm. towards where you were. And even if you never get back to the weight that you were prescribed to do that day, this could be for any exercise. Mm -hmm. You've instilled the confidence in yourself that you're not broken and you got some dang work done. Yeah. Too. And the next time you approach this exercise, you're going to go in it with confidence. Otherwise you might go in it with being scared. Oh, yeah. what if the same thing happens? This happened to me yeah. last week with, with squats. Like I started squatting and I felt this weird thing in my left knee that I don't normally feel mm -hmm. like a little bit of pain. I wouldn't even call it pain. It was a sensation on the left side of my mm -hmm. kneecap. And that was actually during when I was just doing the air squats and the warm up. So I just went outside, walked around a little bit, started loading slowly, still felt it, pulled it back down, did a few more, loaded back up and it went away. Mm -hmm. And I was able to complete my workout as prescribed. So don't catastrophize ease back into it. And nine times out of 10, these things resolve on their own. Awesome. All right. Next one. If I'm under my protein, but at my calories, should I go over calories to hit my protein? This is a really, really common I feel question. Like we, yeah. I feel like we answered this one one time. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. Okay. But, um, it's yeah. super common. Uh, so the, the idea is like, shoot, if I don't get my protein in, like I'm so, not going to yeah, reach my fat loss. Just, I'm at my calories, but I haven't hit my protein. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's say your calorie goal is 2000. Mm -hmm. It's nine o'clock at night. You're at 2000 calories. Your protein goal is 200 and you're only at 180. Should you go eat something that has uh, 20 grams mm -hmm. of protein in it and put yourself 80 calories over to be able to hit, to hit your, your protein? First of all, you're never going to find anything that's pure protein <laughs> to get that extra 20 grams. Uh, so we like, we think in our mind, like, shoot, like I didn't hit the 200, like that's going to mess up my muscle growth or it's going to mess up my fat loss or I'm going to feel this tomorrow that I was a little bit short. Should I go over my calories? Let's remember, let's just assume somebody is, um, approaching this from the fat loss angle. Okay. Cause if you're trying to gain weight, yeah, go over your calories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're trying to lose weight, what are the priorities that we're going for? Number one, you will not lose weight if you're not in a calorie deficit. So that tells you right there, if the eating the extra protein is going to push you over your calories, mm -hmm. don't eat more that you've already violated rule. Number one, yeah. priority number two underneath total calories is total protein. So the, the learning experience in this is to like back up, take an assessment. Why did this happen? Mm -hmm. So it's something you can prevent in the future. Like how do you need to add a little bit of protein to your meals throughout the day? How do you need to have one more high protein snack somewhere during the day? And what other portions do you need to pull back on a little bit so that you can fit that extra 20 grams of protein in? Now the, like people are like, I'm not going to like play this, play that game and try to figure all that out. This is the beauty of if you are tracking macros, which this person has to be, if they ask this question of pre-planning to some degree, it's really like giving yourself a plan to follow. We're not big fans of like meal plans, mm -hmm. but you need to have some kind of like uh, idea of what you're going to eat during that day instead of just winging it. If you're really concerned about getting to 200 grams instead of 180. Did I answer the question? I think so. All right. <laughs> Let me take a sip. All right. Two more. Next one. What are the best exercises for growing my glutes? <laughs> All right. If we haven't already, you can d download our free uh, abs, arms, and you know the rest. What's the rest? Free download. <laughs> glutes? The, t the rest has to do with but your glutes. But that doesn't fit with the arms and abs <laughs> alliteration. <laughs> um Oh man. So we've got, we've got squats. Of course, we've got all the variations of deadlifts. 
We've got all the variations of lunges. We've got get a box. You're going to be stepping up on this box. Get a hip circle. You're going to be using this hip circle. You're going to be doing glute bridges. You're going to be doing hip extensions. Yeah, I mean, everything you just listed. I mean, yeah. I think, like, think about this. If you want to be able to do this on your own without Mm -hmm. having to ask anybody, think about the muscle that you want to grow. Look at what it does. The glute takes your hip from bent over, Mm -hmm. like, to standing up. That's what makes you stand up is your glutes. So think about all the exercises that take your hips from that position, whether it's a squat where you start standing up, mm-hmm. end it up in the bottom and then push yourself up. And, and the secret to using those exercises to glow your, grow your mm-hmm. glutes is two things. You have to lift heavy weight. Yeah. You have to progressively overload it. And I guess I'll add a third one. You need to give your body enough calories yeah. to make it happen too. There aren't enough like air squats, deadlifts, hip extensions yeah. you can do that will grow your butt if you're in a calorie deficit and you're trying to like yeah. diet your way down to bigger glutes. Right. So you're not going to be wanting to do 500 lunges right. with no weight to do this. You're going to be wanting to put some weight on a barbell yeah. to do some sets of lunges. To make them, so, yeah. to make, to make your glutes grow, you just, you need hypertrophy. You mm-hmm. need to make the muscle bigger. And, and the main tenets of doing that are, you know, heavy strength training yeah. at 80 plus percent of your one rep max and progressively overloading the muscle over time by increasing the weight you're adding to these exercises. So you got to pick the main core of your exercises that can be progressively overloaded. Yeah. You know, like the, like, like frog pumps and quadruped hip extensions and band sidesteps. Those are a great way to inc- like incur a ton of metabolic stress yeah. on your glutes after your strength training mm-hmm. portion, but you can't progressively overload. Right your, your banded side steps. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? Like a thousand of them. And then a thousand two the next time, like we do can, a lot of that after our yeah. barbell lifts. And like, it's, it's, it's great to see all the comments like, wow. Like, <laughs> and if, if you just, if I was like exercise number one, quadruped hip extensions, I think everybody would just be like, doot, 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 and there yeah. would be nothing to it. It'd be a warm up. And if it's, you know, exercise four on your list and you've already done some heavy legs, you're like, wow, those burn. Mm-hmm. I think some confusion might come in. So say you did, you were, went outside and you lunged 400 meters or something. Oh, Lord. And, you know, you, R-I- would, R-I-P. you would be debilitatingly sore. <laughs> right. You might not be able to walk straight for two days or get, you know, get down on a toilet or go up some stairs. So I think there's like a thought of like, this, this mm-hmm. is what worked for me. I'm just going to lunge yeah. 400 meters, 500 meters, 600 meters, and just keep adding Adding. You did not grow a, a single muscle by doing that. <laughs> you actually just destroyed the muscle and made yourself so sore that you couldn't train for a week probably. Yeah. I mean, not to say that doing a set of like three by 10 each leg barbell lunges is not, it's going to make you sore, yeah. but it's, but you're, you're going to be sore. You're not going to be where you can't move the next day. Yeah. You want to, you want to grow any muscle. You have to like put a lot of mechanical tension mm-hmm. on the muscle. Think about, okay, what is mechanical tension? It's really hard resistance against the muscle. You can't incur a really hard resistance against a muscle by doing something with a band. Yeah. Like the only way you can do it is by a, a heavy resistance, which in the case of gl- growing your glutes is deadlifts, mm-hmm. squats, and hip thrusts. Those are probably the main like three barbell lifts that you need to progressively. What did you say again? Uh, squats, deadlifts, and, and hip thrusts. Mm. That's kind of like the main core things that you can progressively overload and put a lot of mechanical tension Mm -hmm. on your glutes and then supplement with all this in lunges. Yeah. Lunges too. Yeah. yeah. And step ups. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to load a step up progressively heavier because you really get to a point where you can't, you can't balance it and it becomes not safe. 
you can add reps for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think we killed that one. All right. And this is true for not just glutes for any exercise. And this is why we encourage people to just like keep, keep building that arsenal of weights that you have. Because once you, once you tap out at that last weight you have, you know, there's only so many reps you can do of these exercises. You're going to want to add weight to the bar, add weight to your dumbbells. And then if you're listening to this and you're like, and you're not happy with the growth of any of Mm -hmm. your muscles, like that's pretty, that's probably the reason why it hasn't been growing. You're not putting enough mechanical tension on your muscle. You've kind of been stuck. Like this is my rep set. This is my weight. This is what I do. And I get out there and exercise and you are, you know, like, I feel like I'm doing great and you are doing great. You're just needing to like add weight, add reps. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the beauty of the, the app that we coach our clients through is the history feature and they're like I'm always encouraging my clients like hey before you do this set of these next mm-hmm. week jump into the exercise history where you can see what you did try yeah. to beat your reps from last week that's what progressive overload is mm-hmm. if you got 12 12 12 last week let's let's add a couple reps this yeah. week yep and eat some dang food <laughs> all right last one <laughs> I just found your podcast and listened to the skinny fat episode I've been doing CrossFit for almost five years but I'm basically skinny fat where should I start to try and fix it Man, this one really overlaps with the last, um, the last yeah. uh, answer for growing your glutes. Because really, like skinny fat, and my and the way I think about it is, it's like a below average muscle mass, or even average muscle mm-hmm. mass with an average or above average amount of body fat covering the muscles. Actually, I would probably say an average or below average amount of muscle covered by an average amount of fat. Cause if you just saw somebody walking around with their shirt on and they look pretty normal, they probably mm-hmm. have an average amount of fat, but if they lift their shirt up, you see all that fat. And because there's no muscle, you don't see any shape to the body it just kind of looks loose and mm-hmm. flowy in the wind. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the question? Oh yeah. What, uh, uh, where should I start to try and fix it? All right. Well to know how to fix it, we got to talk about, well, why did it happen in the first mm-hmm. place? You know, CrossFit is a great form of exercise and training, but because of the group structure and just the way that it works, like you're doing a lot of high intensity barbell Mm -hmm. work, tons of conditioning, like you're not necessarily progressively overloading your movements. Like, you know, the wad is going to be different every day. So that's why watch yourself here. (laughs) This is just the reason, like (laughs) this was us for, you know, from 2010 (laughs) to 2014, Mm -hmm. Probably. So the reason your body isn't really changing is because you're not progressively overloading your muscles. You're getting an amazing workout. You're getting fitter. You're increasing your capacity. Sure. You grew some muscle, but not in the way that you would if you were following a progressive overload strength Mm -hmm. training program. So that's what you need to change. You can continue to do CrossFit and many of our clients have and have done this in the past where they'll maybe pull down the number of CrossFit classes that they go to. They'll do their digital barbell strength training workouts Mm -hmm. that include progressive overload Mm -hmm. that include lots of mechanical tension that include the accessory exercises targeted at the muscles that people want to see you get, we got to get your nutrition dialed in and you'll start to see progress over Mm -hmm. time. Specifically on the nutrition, you got to get off the paleo thing that was so popular with CrossFit. You got to start eating more carbohydrates. You got to start eating, um, probably at least your maintenance calories, if not a little bit more. And you got to include enough protein in your diet because mm-hmm. one of the main things that holds people back from changing their body composition from skinny fat to more athletic looking is giving their body the nutrients that it needs to build the muscle that is trying to happen through mm-hmm. the progressive overload. I made a post on Instagram a couple of weeks ago or last week that said training gives your body the stimulus to change. 
your nutrition determines whether or not it's going to happen or not. So you can do all the weightlifting in the world if you want, but if your nutrition stinks, your body's not going to change in the way that you're trying to get it to change through the training. What? Are you, are you done? <laughs> I'm out. Of, I'm out of non-alcoholic beer, so <laughs> I'm just going to jump in, uh, so that we're not slamming CrossFit. If you do digital barbell programming um, and you do it five days a week, you do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So we we program CrossFit. So we're definitely not against pro- CrossFit. No. We're all for we're all for doing CrossFit. But we do it within um, a structured training program that includes strength training accessory and some CrossFit yeah. as opposed to going to a, a CrossFit gym where you're just doing CrossFit five times a week for say, like if you scroll back on our Instagram, if you're listening to this fairly recently, just a few days ago, you posted a great picture of a before and after of a guy. It had like four pictures of a guy. Oh yeah. And that guy used to go to my CrossFit gym. Yeah. He went for very, for several years was doing CrossFit. When did his body change? When he started doing digital barbell, where he's also doing CrossFit, but he's also doing the strength, the bodybuilding in the right doses. Yeah, you're right. And he uh, he did three months of nutrition coaching with me also. Yeah. And really like standout guy as far as being thoughtful about what we were doing during yeah. the time of Learn, nutrition like coaching. Learned, learned about like he, 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 uh, he got he, the education piece of the nutrition coaching. Right. He wasn't well. just trying to check the box to yeah. reach a result. He wanted to learn and he did yeah. so that he could, he could do it on his he own. Could do it on his own. And he has since mm-hmm. then. And that was really like, you know, of course the training gave his body the stimulus to change and then his nutrition like really made it happen. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't trying to knock. I know. Just yeah. bring it. I'm out. actually excited. You know, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing three months of pretty much all strength training outside yeah. of some, you know, zone two conditioning for yeah. my heart and, you roping me into doing some Metcons every once in a while, but maybe like two in the last four months. Yeah. So I did that thousand meter row that almost took me down. <laughs> tasted, I didn't tell you to do that. Tasted pennies for like two days. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to, yeah, getting back to our roots. Like my shoulders mm-hmm. feeling mostly better. I still want to find a CrossFit competition to do. You know, what's so cool is when you're doing, you know, when you step away and you're not doing CrossFit every day, there's these movements that you, you do like you don't do regularly and you go do one. Like the other day I did some kipping pull-ups in the middle of a workout and because I have gotten stronger, they were so much easier and I could do so much bigger sets than I used to be able to do when I just did strict CrossFit. So it's, it's just cool to see things like that. Mm-hmm. Or like, I think it was maybe a month or so ago I was doing some power cleans and I surprised myself with that. I'm just like, I can, clean more than I thought I could. I could clean more than I could back, you know, when I was doing strictly CrossFit and probably doing cleans like every, you know, seven to 10 days, Yeah. you know? So, you know it's, why? Because well, strength is never a weakness. Yeah. Was that your quote? No, I stole that from Mark Bell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's really cool to, you know, a lot of times you think like, well, I'm not, if, if I'm going to be doing, you know, I'm not working on this and this and this and this, but you, but you're, but you are. Yeah. Yeah. I heard something on a podcast um, today. It was uh, an episode of the Huberman podcast, which they're ridiculously way too long. He gives like Joe Rogan a run for his money, but they're all science-based. And he Mm -hmm. was interviewing this doctor, Andy Galpin, who's like a muscle specialist. I heard him a long time ago back on the Barbell Shrug podcast. But anyway, he threw out this statistic that was like mind-boggling. Once you're over 40, this is an average, but you lose about 1% of your muscle mass every year, you lose about 2% of your strength every year hmm. and you use, and you lose about 8% of your power every year. 
that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but there's things that you can do to fight against it. And the number one thing you can do to fight against it is to train for strength. Give your body a reason mm -hmm. to keep the lean mass that you have. Give your body a reason to keep the bone strength and density that it has. I thought the power thing was really in, was really interesting, mm -hmm. though, because when you think about what takes old people out at an older age, it's things like falls. Mm -hmm. And and really power, the formula for power is, you know, like basically effort over time, like strength displayed mm -hmm. quickly. How quickly yeah. can you do something? And how do you prevent a fall? Really, for older people, it's being able to use power. Like you, you trip a little bit, boom, like I can yeah. move my leg into a quickly. forward position quickly to yeah. catch myself. I stumbled to the side a little bit. I can raise my arm to brace myself against the wall instead of falling on the ground and breaking my wrist or my elbow. So that should be motivation enough to like do something. You know, we're, we're, we're not in our twenties anymore. We, <laughs> she's like, give me the don't tell. Thing. <laughs> um, it was just really, it was a really motivating statistic because we want to fight against that stuff. We yeah. want to be independent as we age. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know what the demographics are on our listeners to this podcast. We don't get privy to that information, but I just want to reassure anybody that if you're not in your teens, if you're not in your twenties, if you're not even in your thirties anymore, you are in a, in a place to make rapid progress because you're going to give your body a new stimulus to doing this kind of stuff. And even if you've worked out a long time, which I have a feeling almost everybody that listens to this does work out mm -hmm. or has in the past, or they wouldn't be listening to a fitness podcast. If you've never exposed yourself to the kind of training that we're talking about right here, you still get to go through that newbie gains yeah. phase where you see rapid progress that motivates you to like, you know, keep going. Like this is exciting. I'm yeah. really seeing my body change and I like the way that I feel. So mm -hmm. Regardless of your age, all this stuff still applies to you is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, and regardless of your age, there's like, I think there's like, oh, at this age, I'm not going to be able to do pull-ups or I'm not going to be able to do box jumps or I'm not going to be able to do these explosive movements. But all the better reason, yeah. like what you just said, to be able to still do these things. Mm -hmm. So like, I think I just put for our, a lot of our, like our clients, like a little like, why do pull-ups? Yeah, you know, I saw that. Like if you need to pull, if you need the physical strength to pull yourself onto over a fence or up onto a boat mm -hmm. or whatever the situation is, that's why that's why I do a pull up. Yeah. You know, same thing with like a box jump. If you need to get, you know, get away and jump over something, you're running from a dog and you know, whatever yeah. the situation is, you need to be able to like run fast and jump. Mm -hmm. And, and the things that we do in training, like relate to these situations that hopefully you're never in, yeah. you know, it's like insurance. Like hopefully I'm never in the situation where I'm running and having to jump for my life. But yeah. if you ever are and you, then you can. Yeah, if you had to like catapult yourself over a low fence to get away from a dog, that's I don't know why you. I think about that a lot. Uh, I I've, I always I'm just like always kind of like thinking about an exit strategy for some reason. And let's talk about your trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so we used to always walk in neighborhoods, and I was like, okay, I would jump over that fence right now. Blah blah blah. It's like kind of, I don't know why it's in the back of my head. That's kind of <laughs> scary to tell everybody. But here where we walk, we walk on a country road, and the people have high fence for yeah. like deer, like mm -hmm. high, high deer fence. And I've often thought about the strategy. Really, I think about this in relation to our dogs. Our dogs, like if ever we were walking and someone was like, some uh, animal was like coming up and we're trying to a like coyote. attack our dogs. Even in the neighborhood where we, when we were in Idaho, like, you know, if a loose animal came up, what would I do? And I would throw my dog over this fence or whatever mm -hmm. and then jump over. Um, same thing here. I was like, okay, I've thought about it before. Like, how would I get buttons over this high fence to safety Which, and myself? If you listen to the episode a few weeks ago where we had to, Blakely had to carry buttons, you'll know this is 
not an easy feat. <laughs> She's long and she heavy. But anyway, you know, I, I've thought about this before. Like, how how could I get up over that high fence with buttons? You, you'd be, hopefully you can take Lacey. Yeah, or you could just like sacrifice me so that you can get over the fence. <laughs> me, and, me and buttons will be safe. <laughs> Are you picturing doing like a, a, a button swing, like a kettlebell swing? No, I don't think I'd her? throw her because if she would hurt herself. I think I would have to like... With, with the low fences in a neighborhood, this is people are probably tuning out right now. But in the low fences in the neighborhoods, I would toss her over and then yeah. jump over. Those are easy. In the high fences here, I would you know scoop her up under one arm and climb the climb one armed. Up. I don't think you could climb one arm because yeah. when you let go with the hand, you would fall backwards. No, you gotta, I don't, I don't I, think I'm so. I'm gonna have to do it. You'd have to like get a finger on the fence to switch arms. Like I think what you should do it I mean, since they're always wearing a harness, they're not like we're not walking them by a, like a choke. Oh, collar. you could like pull them up. No, you, you you take the leash and you wrap it back behind your neck, and the dog stays oh, behind gosh. you like a backpack. So the 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 dog's like hanging behind you off the harness, and you're. I guess you still hold the leash with your hand. Yeah. But no, you put the leash in your teeth. Oh no, no, you can't <laughs> hold a 35 pound dog with your teeth. Sorry. We're gonna, our our we're, other coach Bailey will prop me on this one. She's a dentist. Yeah. Tell me. We're gonna we're gonna workshop this and uh, make a YouTube video on how to get over a fence with a dog. I hope it doesn't happen, but if I've got my plan. I hope you have yours. <laughs> Let's wrap this up because I want to go get another one of these Bex beers. Right. But before we before we wrap it up, we have uh, six days, five days left in the month on the day that this is coming out basically like one more option you got you got next monday to start you got like 10 minutes you got 10 to minutes sign up if for this you want to get custom coaching with free nutrition we've had a lot of people take advantage of this and i know that none of them have regretted it yeah let's go <laughs> what she's trying to say is if you start a training program with us in january in january which is next monday is the last monday to right. start so you want to get that conversation started I'll put a link in the show notes for Today. this episode. <laughs> you better don't dilly dally around. You're going to miss out. It's a big savings yeah. guys. And even more than the money that you're going to save, you're going to amplify your results because yeah. like we talked about with our skinny fat friend, you know, <laughs> put your effort into your training and nutrition and you're going to more than double your efforts by and concentrating what we on we talked both. about with the client who really like, you know, just did nutrition coaching for three months, but took the opportunity to learn from it for three months. That's what we want. We don't want to keep you as a client for here on out forever. We want to give you a few months of education about your nutrition so that you can go and do this for the rest of your life, teach your family, be on the road to success. Love it. All right. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you don't already follow us on Instagram or Facebook, we give away all kinds of free information on there every single day. And stickers sometimes. We we'll send out swag. <laughs> and if you're a member, a Digital Bar member already, and you're not a member of our private members-only Facebook group, send me a message. I'll tell you how to join. Great community there. Haley posts free, helpful information every week. We talk about our challenge, which is mm -hmm. wrapping up. And we're going to announce the new challenge starting for February coming soon too. So, all right, all right. you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch you next time. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.